With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, welcome to Terrace Talk. Uh, we are back. We've had a, a little bit of a winter break here at, at Archon Towers, but we are back and uh, we've got some brilliant guests joining us to uh, dissect the latest uh, stuff inside the Norwich City bubble. Of course, we're going to be talking Liverpool as well as looking ahead to Wolverhampton Wanderers this Saturday. Um, we, we're a little bit windswept because of uh, Storm Dennis, but it hasn't stopped us in our tracks. The sun's shining a little bit uh, more today, which is which is good news. Uh, delighted to have Charlie Roberts and uh, Jacob Robinson with me uh, for this half an hour chat uh, everything Norwich City related but of course we are going to start with uh, as we always like to do the traditional quick fire questions Jacob I'm going to come to you first we, we essentially want to find a bit more about you as, as a fan so these shouldn't be too taxing um, <laughs> but I, I, I'll put on my best sort of Jeremy Paxman face and I, I'll give you the, the the best grilling I can so first and foremost where do you sit in the ground? Well, I used to sit in Wensum Corner um, when under the Lambert era. Yeah, it was a lovely little yeah. stay there. But now I'm a bit of a seat surfer, so wherever I can get a ticket was uh, where I sit. Seat surfer, I <laughs> like that. like that. That should be uh, in your Twitter bio. That will like be, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, who do you go to the football with? Normally on my own or just with a mate, mate. So uh, if I can pick up a spare ticket, then great. If I can pick up two, then I'll ask a mate to come along and yeah wherever I go whoever I go with really. is, is that the life of a seat surfer that is mate that is yeah I'll be in the bio as well <laughs> what, what was your first game your first Norwich game that either you can remember going to or that you actually went to I'll, I'll give you two answers uh, the first one I can remember so that was Preston at home I think it was January 2006 mm-hmm. oh yeah we lost 3-0 that was when David Nugent was quite good uh, yeah right. prime David Nugent um, yeah it was a sign of things are coming away <laughs> a bit mm. disappointing but but yeah yeah he loves a goal against uh, Ipswich David Nugent so uh, yes. he's he's a friend to us all I think um, favourite game then what's your favourite game watching Norwich City it's got to be Wembley hasn't it that, that atmosphere was incredible you know 35 odd thousand Norwich fans and just such an easy victory in the end yeah it was a wonderful day did you prefer the final or the semi-final <sighs> I did love the semi-final. I know so many people go to and from, but the final meant more in terms of just going up the whole day and then the celebration at the end, that really capped it for me. Lovely. I'm going to ask you now for your favourite niche player. So not like your legends, your Grant Holtz, your Wesley Land, someone who perhaps just holds a special meaning to you. So just for the song alone, Anthony McNamee. I don't know if you remember yeah. him, the winger. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say the song because it will not be publishable. <laughs> but yeah, it was yeah rapid winger. Good cross. Don't know where on earth he is now, but I think that's niche enough, isn't it? Yeah. Did he, he did he play in the Legends game? I think he, he did. did. He, he did. did, yeah. He yeah. quite good, actually, compared to some of the other um, clearly retired players who were <laughs> carrying a little bit of timber. But yeah, yeah, niche player for you. <laughs> Very niche. I like that. Anthony McMahon, uh, any pre-match rituals, anything you abide by when you're surfing your seats? Uh, is, is there anything <laughs> that you have to do consistently on a, on a match day to perhaps give Norwich City some luck? Uh, not too much really to be honest to disappoint you slightly uh, only thing that's always consistent is I'm nervous <laughs> right well, so, we'll yeah. take it we'll <laughs> take it brilliant Jacob you can relax for uh, for the moment that's uh, your quick fire questions done Charlie we're going to come to you same set of questions so whereabouts do you sit in the ground uh, the Aviva stand um, 
between the River End and South Stand. Very nice. Uh, who do you go to football with? Uh, my mum, just us two normally. Very nice. Uh, what was your first game or the first game that you can remember? Um, I think it was when Norwich beat Blackpool 4-0 in the season where we went up via Wembley. Uh, Hooper and Redmond scored, I think. Yeah, it was that Redmond's free kick, I think. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah, I remember it well. It was a, a brilliant free kick, actually. Um, what about your favourite game that you've seen as a Norwich fan? Um, probably Villa 2-1 last season. Great shout. Yes, great day, really, wasn't it? Great shout, indeed. Uh, what about your favourite niche player, someone who isn't a legend but perhaps holds a special meaning to you? Um, I'm not sure if Redmond is a legend. I'll let, we'll let you have Redmond. First player I got on the back of my shirt, just... And he's, and he's doing great things for Southampton at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, nice to see him do well. Not many Norwich players do well <laughs> after leaving Norwich recently. It's, it's a fair point. Hopefully we'll see him back in the England squad soon if he can uh, pick up some form. He was certainly good last season. What about any pre-match rituals and anything that you abide to, to uh, or in, that in your opinion gives Norwich City some luck? Um, normally have to wear the same tracksuit bottoms, but... Apart from that, we'll take that. We'll take that. That's, uh, that's probably a better answer than being nervous. I think. Although I, th- I think we all do feel that. Right. Let's uh, let's go on to the football then. Uh, of course, on Saturday, Norwich City got beaten one uh, 0 by Liverpool, which uh, was a good performance in the end. Uh, Mane's seventy eighth minute strike separated the sides. Um, Charlie, let, let, let's come to you first. What did you make of the game? Um, and, and I suppose what did you make of Norwich City's performance? Are you quite proud of how they played on Saturday? Yeah, I think. Not many teams have really held Liverpool out like that. Um, after seeing the team, it was a bit nervous because um, Amy Buendia wasn't in the team and I thought he could maybe um, give Norwich a little bit of outlet like Cantwell did, but it was good defensive performance and it was beginning to look like we were going to get a draw until, um, well, it's Liverpool, so they're just going to have that moment of brilliance, aren't they? Absolutely, and, and you touched upon it there, Emi Buendia. Were you surprised to see him on the bench? Because there were a lot of people calling for him to be included, particularly in this type of game. Were you surprised that he, he, he didn't play and that, he did, and that Farker did go with uh, Lucas Rupp? Yeah, I think Rupp played better against Newcastle and Buendia came on and didn't really affect the game very much. So I think wasn't too shocked, but I would have liked Buendia in the team. Yeah, what, what did you make of the Emmy Buendia decision? Because he's a, he's an interesting player in the sense that everything in terms of the metrics that he produces and the quality of his attacking play, it almost seems like he should be in that Norwich City team regularly. Why do you think Daniel Farker decided against uh, starting him against Liverpool? Well, he did storm off against Newcastle, didn't he? Straight down the tunnel. Farker, well, you remember Oliveira when he celebrated against Fulham. Farker is boss and he does like to show that sometimes I think from a tactical point of view obviously the, the full backs of Liverpool get so high Robertson and Alexander-Arnold and Emmy is known for straying from position like Charlie said he is our best creator but yeah he does like to stray from position Rooks been very solid since he's come in mm. to be fair to him and for 400k it's an absolute bargain um, not sure he's a, a winger or an attacking midfielder but he does add that discipline and, and to be fair Robertson didn't really create too much and that was because Rook was helping out Aaron's yeah, I'd agree. And, and you've almost segued beautifully there in, into the next point, which I know you're, you're uh, itching to talk about. Amy Buendia, of course, came on fairly late. It was a, a late substitution, wasn't it? Pretty much as soon as uh, Mane put the ball in the net, we saw him and, and Dermich come on. What have you made of that argument that some people are making about late substitutions? I think it's completely justified, isn't it, really? Um, you did an article yourself, which was very good, man. I'm actually trying to find the statistics now. <laughs> I was about to, they're in this notebook. <laughs> well, I was about to ask you, actually, and put you on the point. <laughs> um, but, yeah, obviously, a lot of the substitutions are, have been late. And, 
like the one that sticks out for me in my mind when we're losing 2-1 to Tottenham Marco Stiefman 93rd minute completely pointless wastes our own time and then gives away a free kick I think that summarises the um, substitutions this season really yeah I've, I've got the numbers in front of me thanks for filling uh, yeah, brilliant so um I, again, I did a piece on this the other day about, about late substitutions. So this is before the Liverpool game, so the numbers will have altered slightly. Um, but uh, prior to the Liverpool game, Norwich have made 69 substitutions in total. 39 of those have come after 80 minutes, which is 57%, and uh, 47 in the last 15 minutes. So that's 68% of the total substitutions made by Daniel Farker had been in the last uh, 15 minutes. Charlie, what, what do you make about the, the substitutions argument? Do, do you feel he is making substitutions a little bit too late? Yeah, I think... Adding on to um, his point, players like Steeperman and Buendia can't really affect the game, or especially Steeperman can't really affect the game unless they have probably 15 minutes. But um, bringing players like Durmich on um, late on, I don't have a problem with that, really. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a fair point. What, what did you make about the way Norwich approached the game? It was more, I mean, we saw how they played at Anfield on the opening night and they did get a lot of credit for that, although they got beaten 4-1. This was similar to the Manchester City template, wasn't it, in terms of how they played and how they tried to uh, how they tried to almost counterattack uh, Liverpool. Yeah, I think it did work effectively. We caught them out on a few occasions with Rupp. Um, we're not getting a shot off, but he had a chance and Puki shot straight into Allison. Um, so we did have chances, and we did limit Liverpool to. Well, they had player chances, but not goal scoring chances where you think they were really going to score. So it did work. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I, I, and I've compiled some numbers. I've got nothing to compare it to, but it was 126 minutes that Norwich went. If, if you combine the the um, period they went in at Anfield without conceding, and, and obviously this game as well, 126 minutes without conceding against a team that will be the Premier League champions that will possibly break records. Uh, I don't know how that compares to other teams. I'm sure other people will, will let us know, but that is quite an impressive statistic, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like we were saying before, off-camera, 25 wins from 26 games to, to keep them out for that amount of period is over a whole game, isn't it? And, yeah, it is impressive. It's just, it was a copy and paste from the Manchester City kind of game plan, wasn't it? And and it worked well. I thought Hanley was superb, to be honest with you. Firmino is a, a big player in terms of drifting in and out of position. And I thought here, man Zimmerman, although I thought Zimmerman was quite sloppy in possession, marshalled him fairly well until, obviously, the goal, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I thought all, all in all, it was a defensively solid performance and something we can take on to Wolves it was it was interesting because we know how Daniel Farker likes to play he, his teams like to play with the ball he wants his teams to play with the ball he wants his teams to be the protagonist as you say they conceded 63% of possession to Liverpool so they did have to adapt but that was probably him showing a bit more of a pragmatic side that we have seen on a few occasions well, yeah, you've got to when when the bigger teams, inverted commas, come to come to Cow Road, they are just better in possession, aren't they? And and like you were saying, the the game plan just worked worked well enough. It was it was the only way we were ever going to beat them, to be honest, or get get the best opportunity for a point. Do you feel Norwich deserved a draw from from the game? Yeah, um, with the defending with uh, Grant Hanley and Zimmerman, it was it does feel a bit unfair on Norwich that we haven't get got the draw, but becoming a bit of a regular occurrence in the Norwich season. Yeah, it certainly is. And, and that's the thing, isn't it? When you when you play a top side with the quality that Liverpool have, you know they're going to create that one opportunity. And it's about ensuring, as, as we saw with Tim Krul's save in the second half, which was excellent, wasn't it? But it's about limiting as many of those opportunities as possible. But in the end, when you've got a, a substitution like like uh, Sadio Mane to bring on, that's, that's quite something, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, especially with Sadio Mane up against the Tyrone Aarons. Aarons is like, 
Amani is good at the best of the times, so let alone against tiring defenders. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit then about Grant Hanley because he's he's obviously come back from injury. He's had a fair few knockbacks uh, in in his Norwich City career. I think that's fair to say. Although he was uh, voted second for Player of the Season, wasn't he, behind James Madison a, a couple of seasons ago? He looks a completely different player, doesn't he, Jacob? Well, yeah, start of the season obviously was. <sighs> Bambi on ice was was a poor player but later we found out he had a groin injury didn't he he's come back December I believe it was Wolves and, and was has been a rock rock solid I think he was really unlucky against Bournemouth to be dropped out and then obviously Godfrey decided that challenge was necessary against Wilson came back in and again it's been solid as a rock for me he's been the best sense back of the season yeah I think it's, it, he's almost shifted Daniel Farker's argument because I remember before that Bournemouth game he, he essentially came out in his press conference sat in front of us and said look if Ben Godfrey's fit then the likelihood is he plays as one of the two uh, shifts in a, a couple of weeks later when uh, Godfrey's back from his suspension Hanley's been playing well played very well at Newcastle again and uh, suddenly Godfrey uh, finds himself on the bench that's that's a testament to Hanley in his form isn't it because since he's come back he has been probably Norwich's best central defensive option Oh yeah definitely like you said Godfrey is first choice more often than not and I know he has really kind of been out for five weeks hasn't he and with the injury and the suspension uh, but yeah he's really really done well in possession as well for me um, that's always been a sticking point for me when I've watched him he's always looked clumsy on the ball and that's why Daniel Farker probably hasn't trusted him either but again he really didn't give away too many balls sloppily it was more Zimmerman in, against the Liverpool game really yeah. Uh, so the dilemma is an interesting one now because obviously we've got three back in you've got Grant Hanley and you've got Christoph Zimmerman what would be your defensive pairing as, as we look ahead to Wolves? I think I'd still keep it with Hanley and Zimmerman because they have formed quite a solid partnership because um, some of the teams we've played against we've, I think we have improved on our defensive record really um, recently so I think it would be unfair to drop either of them and um, yeah yeah, I mean, you you have to look at the the last two games, don't you? What nil nil at St James's Park, which okay is is perhaps not what Norwich need in the situation they're in, but to to go to a place like that and, and get a point is is very good. To only concede one goal against champions elect Liverpool as well, that goes go to show that despite all of Norwich City's flaws, they have proved defensively, as you alluded to. Yeah, um, and you said the nil nil at Newcastle. We did have chances as well then, mm. and the distribution from mainly Hanley as um, already been said has been pretty good and in Farkas team the distribution has is as probably important as the actual defending itself so with Grant Hanley showing that I don't think you can drop him if you if you were to I'm, I'm putting a hypothetical question to you now but if, if you were to drop you say Godfrey has to come back in and you had to choose between Zimmerman and Hanley at this moment in time which which one do you think you'd drop out Probably Zimmerman because um, of his performance against Liverpool. Grant Hanley was much better and over. Zimmerman has improved because he was a bit shaky to start with when he first came back, but he has improved. But I think Hanley's still better um, currently. Interesting. Do you, do you agree with that, Zimmerman? Uh, would, would, if you had to choose one to drop out to replace Godfrey, would, would it be Zimmerman? Yeah, I completely agree with Charlie. I think he's every point there was spot on. I would love to see Norwich three centre-halves, two wing-backs. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a different story, a whole different conversation. And it hasn't been possible really this season. But yeah, if, if I had to choose, it would be um, Godfrey for Zimmerman. Yeah, I, I get the feeling, and it is just my feeling, that perhaps if, if they would have had a, a few more defensive options, had Tim Closer not been ruled out for the season, then perhaps we would have seen a, a, a three at the back uh, a bit sooner. Um, how do you reflect on the Liverpool 
performance as a whole then because even though Norwich did get beaten and, and they did play well it's, it's that classic situation where they played well enough to get something out of a game and didn't do you reflect on it with pride or perhaps a little bit of frustration that they couldn't get a point from it? No, definitely pride. I'd say this one was along with Manchester City on the last game. The the free hit. I know that word or words aren't, aren't um, respected that much, but yeah, free hit for me. Um, we get in the first half they had 0.33 expected goals. I think that's incredible for a team that's mm. blown away most teams this season and has beat every team in the Premier League. So yeah, definitely for me, pride. Yeah, I, th- I think, uh, and I said it in, in in my match day vlog this weekend. I think the biggest praise you can give to Norwich City is they made the game dull in that first half and limited Liverpool to very, very little indeed. Um, Let's move on then. Let's talk about uh, other matters. We've we've got a few more, but I think the the first place to start is with that trip to Wolves. Charlie, you're heading to Molyneux. Um, What are you hoping to see from Norwich City? What improvement are you hoping to see? Um, Well, I'm looking forward to Lewis being back in the side. I think with Byram out, he impressed against Liverpool. Um, we could cause them problems because Wolves do have a lot of bad days. They're evened out by their good days. Um, so you can't really tell what Wolves is going to turn up. So, And they've got a Europa League game on Thursday as well. So that, that could almost leave them a, a, a little bit leggy, I suppose, um, com- compared to Norwich, who've had a full week to recover. Yeah, and they do have quite a thin squad. So they have one of the smallest squads in the Premier League, I think. So... Players like Adama Traore and mm. Neto or Nito, uh, who probably rely on pace, may not have that pace. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's a good point. I think uh, when I was looking at delving into Timu Puki during the uh, the winter break, I've, I've put it in inverted commas. Um, I, I think it was only Raheem Sterling was the only attacker in the Premier League to play more minutes than Timu Puki, uh, but Raúl Jiménez had played the equal amount, which is an incredible amount of football, really um, considering. Um, Adama Traore, he seems to be the, the Wolves player on everyone's lips at the moment. Jurgen Klopp's a big fan. Um, there are a lot of pundits who, who are big fans. How highly do you rate him? Because he's been very impressive, hasn't he? Yeah, he hasn't always shown it with Liverpool, um, at Wolves, but he is really showing it now. He's from December. He's been faultless with strength um, against Man City, where I think he scored twice or mm. once. Yeah, it's just on his day he can beat anyone in the Premier League, any defender. So there's the uh, there's the tee up for the question I'm going to ask you, Jacob, which is how do you go about stopping Adama Traore? I thought Sam Byron did quite a good job in the uh, reverse fixture. Like Charlie said, obviously we've got Jamal Lewis. He's very athletic. For me, you can't stop him <laughs> in terms of if he beats you, then you're you're screwed, basically. <laughs> um, you give him enough space, um, put him on his left foot, very right-footed, and he is prone to an overhit cross. Yes, he has improved massively, and formerly he was just pace, wasn't he? But... In terms of stopping him, I think Jürgen Klopp said itself, he's it's actually impossible if he's fully in the mood. Yeah, I, I think when he gets going, uh, and it's, it's it's difficult for me to sort of go back into this mindset, but you just have to kick him, don't you? I think, I think he's one of those players, unfortunately. Um, uh, strength, power, pace, he's, he's got it all. And Jamal Lewis is certainly going to be in for an afternoon of it, I think, at Molineux on Sunday. Uh, I think for me, I'd, I'd probably try and cut off the supply line. I think that that's probably the best way to stop him, although easier said than done. Um, looking back through history, Norwich don't have a great record at Molineux. Um, it's just one of those grounds they don't seem to do particularly well at. But they're going to need to, aren't they? They're going to need to get a result. And probably they're in a position now where they probably need three points if we are to um, even think about using the words great escape. Yeah, it's an opportunity as well, like you said. You've got Espanyol on Thursday at home. So it could be a 
it really could be decisive in terms of what they're looking at. And then obviously the following Thursday, they've got them away, haven't they? Like Charlie said, they've got quite a thin squad, so there won't be too much rotation. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, obviously, Trial Ray is a big threat, but Moutinho and Neves, one of them's dropped because that's they're, they're the main hub in terms of the supply line, like you said. Um, I do feel slightly optimistic if we play like we did against Liverpool, keep it solid and counter effectively. Hopefully, Lucas Rupp doesn't have brain freeze again, mm-hmm. um, then potentially we have a chance. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to ask a question to, to both of you now. We'll, we'll start with you. Jacob, uh, Emmy Buendia, would you would you bring him back in for this game? And if so, where would you fit him into that eleven? I would definitely put him back in. He, he created one chance as soon as he came on, and we're going to need that against Wolves. It's, it's harsh on Lucas Rupp. I think he does have to come out for me. Yeah, I would say Lucas Rupp for Emmy Buendia. What about you, Charlie Buendia? Back in your lineup uh, at Molyneux? Yeah, I think he has to. I think he has more of ability to beat his man and with probably some tired legs for the Wolves team, that would be... Maybe he could... That would be a good... I think he'd be better than Rupp to create chances. Yeah, I think that's going to be key, isn't it? And and we have seen a general improvement, I think, from Norwich since since probably early December in, in terms of their defensive play. Um they have though struggled on the road a little bit what one one win in the Premier League this season Everton away how do they go about making sure they get three points from this game because in terms of the overall survival picture it, it does feel quite crucial now it feels like they're in a period of games with Wolves Leicester Sheffield United where they're probably going to need a couple of wins out of those three if, if we are to be talking about some little miracle I suppose as Daniel Farker puts it yeah I do think we need to play on the break just sit back and let them throw everything at us and use Cantwell's pace to get them on the break because if you if you are um, playing like we did play against Liverpool away, then players like Traore are just going to rip through our defence and could be bad afternoon. Yeah, let's let's hope not. And and equally, another statistic I saw before the weekend, Jacob said that Norwich are the only team in the Premier League not to pick up a point after uh, going behind. How how do they? I, I suppose when they go behind, how do they impact games more? Because the emphasis then comes on them to create and to score goals. Given that last season this was such a free flowing attacking side, why has that been a problem this year? Do you think? Well, I think belief to start off with recently it has been anyway you know once you go behind it does feel here we go again last season for me in the championship we just had better fitness so we outworked teams and eventually it told like you said so many late winners this year the step up in terms of athleticism in the Premier League is just massive isn't it so Norwich match teams and we just keep giving teams chances we did last season as well it was just overshadowed by the amount of goals we did score so and chances Let's be honest, Timu Buki, since the Leicester game, where he did pick up that bruised toe, broken toe, whatever you want to call it, the injury hasn't been the same. And, and when he's not firing, Norwich look a different team. Yeah, I, I think I'm in agreement with that. Right, to, to wrap up Wolves, we're, we're going to ask you both for your prediction, then we're going to go into a little bit of uh, FA Cup chat. Um, so let's start with you, Charlie. How are you feeling as we sit here on, on, on what Tuesday afternoon? Are you feeling confident that Norwich can get a result? Um... Not particularly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go for a positive one-one. Positive one-one. We'll take that. Uh, Jacob, what about you? I'm hoping for a lethargic Wolves. So I'm going to say two on Norwich. Lovely, love that. <laughs> so that is uh, that is Liverpool done. Wolves done. Uh, let's talk about the FA Cup then, because it, it kind of feels like a narrative that's going on um, <laughs> away from the league, which is it's probably quite a, a nice bit of relief at the moment, considering Norwich City's position. 
9,000 tickets uh, have, have been sold. A complete sellout for that Tottenham away end. Jacob, you're, you're heading there. It's going to be quite the occasion, isn't it? Were, were you at the Emirates first and foremost when Norwich had that big allocation there? I wasn't, no, but I did see it and it was incredible, wasn't it? Um, yeah, 9,000 is going to be fantastic. It's it's a great stadium and hopefully the atmosphere matches that. Um, and we've got a chance just recently before we came on air, Hung Min Son is injured, obviously Harry Kane injured. So there's optimism there. Yeah, I'm hoping if I bring my boots, I might end up up front for Tottenham, the, the way their, their strikers are going. Uh, <laughs> no, it's very true. Um, what does it say about these supporters then? Because you mentioned it off, uh, off, off air, but before we started, the reception the players got on on, on Saturday after the, their effort was tremendous. Daniel Farker got serenaded by the Barkley. It was it was brilliant to see. Nine thousand tickets then shifted for for an FA Cup fifth round tie. What do you say about these supporters? Because it's been a difficult season, hasn't it? Well, you came on our podcast, didn't you, Canary Cast? Yes. I am going to plug. Um, well, since you're on here, I'll let you do it. Uh, after the Manchester United game, you came on, didn't you, and said how good the the crowd was, and that was after a heavy defeat. This club has always been well supported. League One, we had sellouts, for example. They they believe in this team, and if the, if the team and the players are given given everything, which they are, which they did against Liverpool, the supporters will follow wherever wherever we go. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I thought, actually thought Jurgen Klopp summed it up quite nicely in his press conference, uh, Charlie. He said that although they're bottom of the league, they seem like they're in a good moment at the, at the minute. And, and that's quite a, an interesting thing to say. Do you get the feeling that even though Norwich are bottom of the league, the mood amongst supporters, particularly how they connect with this team, is, is actually quite positive? Yeah, because you have got pundits who are saying Norwich are the best bottom place sides mm. I've ever seen. And by the way, Weber's saying that this was just a free hit of a season and that they're building for a future where hopefully they will stay in the um, Premier League. I think the fans have got behind that and well, they, of course they'll mind if we get relegated but it won't be as bad as maybe if we'd have got relegated under Alex Neal with maybe not Stuart Webber there. Yeah and we saw that certainly in, in the turnover of players last time they went down. Um, the FA Cup given Norwich's well, how they're doing in, in the Premier League, which which isn't great at the moment. They're sitting bottom of the league. Uh, the likelihood is it looks like they're, they're heading back to the Championship, although they've got, uh, what, 12, 13 games left to, to save their season, essentially. How much priority do you put on the FA Cup? How big is it now? Should, is this a competition that Norwich City should really go and, and try and do as well as they can in? Or is it something that you see as perhaps a bit of a, a hindrance to, to the Premier League? Yeah, it is nice to have a break from the Premier League because maybe we've got more chance of getting a result with Tottenham um, because Tottenham have struggled against the smaller sides. They only just got past Villa um, a few mm. days ago and they might rest a few players because they're looking unlikely to get to the Champions League. So, And it's also a chance to uh, play some players that maybe deserve to get a game that aren't, like Durimich, he's been playing well recently. So I think it's a good opportunity for them to prove themselves so they'll be hungry. So... I think they will do better. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I don't really associate an FA Cup run with Norwich City, to be honest. They, they've never really done uh, well in it, particularly in, in my lifetime. They, of course, had the, the semi-finals of, of the past, haven't they, and, and whatnot, but never, of course, never won the competition. Um, no replays in this round, Jacob. It will go to, to extra time and penalties. Is that something that will help Norwich perhaps more than Tottenham? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, in terms of the game itself, like I said, potentially Spurs could rest players. Leipzig are 
in between a few yeah. Yeah. yeah so Champions League is probably their priority but they do need to win a trophy under Mourinho so it will be interesting like we said previously key players out it will help Norwich in terms of one game one hit really isn't it and Norwich do normally turn up for a one hit one day obviously Wembley <laughs> all, that year, yeah. all those years ago um, yeah like you said FA Cup I think all of our lifetimes together, <laughs> we've never seen right, yeah. um, what past the third round for since 2012, was it? Mm. So it's a massive opportunity. We've got to look at it in terms of it's a game where we've got 9,000 our supporters. I hope those those players are, are roared on by that and give the best performance they can. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I, I was kind of, when I was watching the, the Southampton Spurs replay, I was, I was kind of in two minds thinking, actually, I think Southampton might be the tougher draw for Norwich because of the way they played that game. But then on the flip side of that, Southampton, uh, Tottenham rather are going to want to win a trophy. I think Mourinho would take great personal joy if he's the one to deliver a trophy in uh, half a season when Pochettino failed to in, in about five. Uh, but there you go. It's, it's going to be a great occasion in, what, less than a fortnight now, isn't it? So I'm uh, looking forward to that. Let's finally then quickly get your, uh, get your thoughts on this possible great escape Charlie let's start with you is it possible do you think they can do it are they going to do it um, the fixtures that are coming up like you already alluded to Sherwood United Wolves Leicester are all games that Norwich were favourites to lose but after that we've got a few games that we could win um, I don't think we'll do it though still Six wins, that's what Daniel Farker's targeted. Is is that possible? I don't even know if that will be enough, to be honest with you, <laughs> in terms of our point percentage. Um, have got winnable games. All I hope is that we keep it competitive. We don't go out like Wimper. We haven't done a Huddersfield yet, and, that was a, and you look how they are doing now. You need to kind of keep some momentum if you can. Um, have got winnable home games, but with Norwich, it's more likely that they, they will drop points there. For me, I can't see three teams that are going to be finishing below Norwich, unfortunately. Well, unless Man City go down, which is, which is a wider point, isn't it? Uh, anyway, guys, thank you very, very much for joining me. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Uh, make sure you leave a like, subscribe as well to The Pink and on, on all the relevant platforms. Uh, there'll be links to, to these guys as well in the uh, in the description. Uh, thank you very much for watching uh, Terrace Talk. We are hoping to be back next week. Um, and of course, if ever you, you want to get in touch on the show or you'd like to appear, then uh, all the relevant information will be, uh, will be you'll be able to find it somewhere, I'm sure. Um, there you go. Just get in touch with us. Uh, there we go. So guys, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you very much for watching and we'll see you again soon.